Hey, everybody. Welcome to Happy Soul Talk with Angie and Katie. Yay. This is, yay, this is episode six. And today we are talking about secret number five, the happy soul is confident in who she is. I love this so much. I can't wait to have a conversation about it. Um, So welcome, everybody. So glad you're here. I hope you have been reading along. You know, we're just taking it one secret at a time, and it's pretty easy. So really less than an hour to read the chapter or two that go with each secret. And um, today we are on chapters, what did you say, 13 and 14? 12 and 13. 12 and 13. Secret number five. Yeah. 12 and 13. Okay, awesome. So I love this because you spend some time in this chapter, Katie, you open up talking about kind of who we were, who God is, and who we were. Mm -hmm. So before we became happy souls, before we found Jesus, right? So tell me why you felt how you felt it was important to establish kind of who we were, before we find out who we are. Mm -hmm. Well, um, I feel like this quote is in the book somewhere, but I might be not remembering correctly, but there is a, a Tozer quote that says the most important thing we believe is about the uh, most important thing about us is what we believe about God. And I think the second most important thing, and we started there, right? We started there right yeah, off did. the bat. Um, yeah. And it is so important that we get that straight. I think as we continue to focus on who God is, and as we continue to renew our minds and shape our view of who he is to become more accurate. Um, We also need to get a good, healthy view of who we really are. And we are, my husband says that one thing that humans are really good at is Um, self-deception. You know, and I think we've all seen or been a part of, or have, have unfortunately been around an individual who is in deep, deep sin and rationalizes mm-hmm. it, right? And from the mm-hmm. outside looking in, you're like, what? This makes no sense. Right. How could they think this way? How could right. they, you know, so for, I mean, you know, just, just, I, I, I think of the, a pastor that um, in Chris's church growing up that left, that was cheating on his wife, got mm-hmm. caught, and then decided to leave his wife and his family to marry his mistress. And they both said, this is God's will for us. Like, what? You know, you're looking at that going, how is any of that God's will? And so it's just the power and and not one of us. The thing is, it's easy to look and go, how dare he? But not one of us is exempt from that type of self-deceit, that type of blindness to Mm who we are, who we could be. And Mm -hmm. so I think that it is a healthy thing to really understand biblically what is true of us. And that is that we are wretched sinners. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I I don't think that it's it's something that we should um, beat ourselves up about, but it, it, if we've already, if we have this right view of God and then we start getting a better picture of who we really are without Jesus, mm-hmm. it yeah. doesn't lead to self-condemnation. It leads to worship because mm-hmm. we, we realize yeah. everything that Jesus has saved us from, and it doesn't mm-hmm. make us 
beat ourselves up. It makes us worship. That's been the reality in my life when I'm really, truly looking at who God is. And then I see from the Bible who I really am, that I'm not as good as I think I am. Yeah. It, 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 it brings out praise. It brings out praise. It does. I mean, it, it just reminds us of how much we need him and how grateful we are that we have him. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, that is so true. It's so true. Um, I love that, you know, you quote Ephesians two, four through five, but God who is rich in mercy because of his great love that he had for us, made us alive in Christ, even though we were dead in trespass, in trespasses. Mm -hmm. So I love that. I, I love that you spent so much time reminding us of who we were mm -hmm. because it, it leads us right into who we are, mm -hmm. you know, who we are now. Yeah. And it's so good. It, it, I feel like it makes who we are now even more valuable. You know, when we realize yeah. where we came from and that the God of the universe that sees everything and knows everything like that he chose to condescend. I mean, it's the perfect, we talk about don't be condescending and that's like this negative thing, but it's a beautiful thing that he condescended yeah. heaven. He condescended um, his high position in order to come down and to rescue me like mm -hmm. that. If anything, it, it, it brings up, it, it gives great value to our lives when yeah. we see the rescue of God, even though we are wretched sinners. So it's yeah. just mind, it's really mind blowing. That's an interesting thought when you said how he condescended, which is something we've always heard, mm -hmm. but really he can't do any, to come to us, he has to condescend. There's mm -hmm. no going up for him. Right. He is the highest, most high and lifted up loftiest. And mm -hmm. for him to come to us, he, he has to condescend. And, yeah. um, Thank God that he did. It's so mm -hmm. good. Um, okay, so the happy soul knows why she exists. I love this mm -hmm. because I think we spend a lot of time wondering, why am I here? Mm -hmm. What is my purpose? Um, you give a great illustration about moving the plants around in your backyard. Mm -hmm. Will you remind us a little bit in case people haven't quite read the chapter yet, that story about how you move some plants around. Yeah. I mean, I'm constantly doing that. That's what we've been doing recently. Um, because there's some things that, that do really well in, in a certain situation, or you think that they're going to do well here and they don't. And so we're constantly moving plants. Um, and so that's, the not that God ever gets it wrong. Of course, it, every analogy I use is going to break down somewhere. <laughs> so it's not that he ever plants us in a place that was wrong to begin with, but he is purposely planting each of us. He has us there mm -hmm. for a reason. And um, often, and I think I saw a great article today about, um, you know, all this recent craziness in our world where schedules are being flipped upside down from this pandemic and um, churches are, I mean, churches really is changed tremendously. We're not able mm -hmm. to see each other face to face. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of things, but yet he, he showed five benefits. The author was writing, you know, five benefits of what this, it's easy to look at the negatives, but the five benefits that this is um, going to come out that, you know, the first one was like, it was something like um, the, the church uh, volunteers 
uh, will get a sabbatical. You know, that the the reality is in our churches that it's usually the, you know, the top 10 to 15 percent, not top, but there's mm-hmm. usually 10 or 15 percent of people, maybe 20% of people in the church that are doing the lion's share of the work in the churches and they're yeah. doing rest. It's like, I never thought of that before. Like yeah, this right. is a benefit that, that those who've been faithfully, faithfully serving and are most likely pretty burnt out right now are getting a rest. Um, just the, the fellowship of being away from people from away from one another, that when we get to gather together again, how sweet it's going to be. Mm. Um, Churches who we we have this tendency to just kind of do this is true everything in our lives we just we just keep going the way we're going and we lose flexibility and we lose creativity and and churches are being forced to think out of the box of how do we how do we do everything we're doing if we can't be together and so I just I love that optimism in that post and I think that all that say that sometimes God allows us to be in a place that feels less than optimal so that when he moves us into a different place, like we, we feel that difference. You know, we, we see that there was a good purpose there. There's a better purpose here. And he allows us to go through those darker seasons, those hard seasons so that when we're in the light, when we're in the sunshine, when we're in this place that is more of a thriving place, um, Mm -hmm. the place before it has purpose. I don't know if yeah. that makes sense. It makes sense in my head. I hope that it makes does. sense. It does. <laughs> no, I, it totally makes sense. Um, I think I, I loved when you said that we've each been personally planted and placed where we are mm-hmm. and intentionally, you know, it, it's not like some random, how did I end up in Orlando, Florida? Like, or, or did I make a choice that put me here and maybe I'm not supposed to be here. And, mm-hmm. you know, those kinds of things I, I think are, are decisions like that. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to confess one right now. Um, when we first moved to Orlando, we moved here in 2009, right after the, uh, you know, the economy mm-hmm. crash in 2008. And so the market was very low. Um, we moved from Texas. And so the market was not quite as low in Texas. So we still had a chance to sell our house for a good price and then move here and buy something for a really good price, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, but we, our house did not sell in Texas, um, and all of that. And so we weren't able to buy right away, but we were looking at houses and there was a house that we looked at that was so cheap. When I think about it now, I can hardly believe how cheap it was. And it was so great. And we passed on it and we didn't buy it. And we love the house we're in. We love our home, you know, all of that. But I look back on that decision and think, did I mess up? Mm. Was that a mistake? Maybe God wanted us to buy that house. And we're going to talk about that in, in just a second. But, um, you know, I think those are the kinds of things that kind of plague us and haunt us. Yeah. You know? Definitely. Yeah. Um, you talk about that when you, we use, well, we talk about um, the word call. Mm-hmm. And you give a great, is it acrostic? Is that the right word? I think For so. call. Yeah. Conform, mm-hmm. abide, labor, and launch. Okay. Mm-hmm. C-A-L-L. And so you say we should really focus on God's clear and universal calling and not on the small decisions, like yeah. what I'm talking about. So right. tell us a little bit more about that, because I feel like that is so clarifying 
when it comes to God's will in our lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I hope that it didn't communicate that those smaller decisions are not important because they are. I mean, right, investing right. money, moving, all those like that absolutely affect our lives. They affect the lives of our friends, our family. So they are important. But in my as I look back on my own <laughs> my own journey, my own life, man, I'm going through it right now just with uncertainty of stuff. It's like I had a plan and now this plan is just not looking the way it is. And I, I, I'm, I'm, what's the word paralyzed because I'm feeling like I don't know what to choose next. And ultimately what that's showing me is that I feel somewhere um, that I'm ultimately responsible and in charge and in control, (laughs) which is not true. I mean, I'm responsible for my own actions, but I can only control what I can control. I can't control the the other things besides what I say and do. Um, And so I I see this pattern in my own life and in the pattern of thousands of women that I've, I've, I've worked with either online or in real life of just this paralyzing fear that I'm going to make the wrong decision, you know, Mm. like in, in some ways it comes from a good place of, I want to honor God. I want to make the right decision, but I'm so afraid. And I shared that about, you know, when I first started dating my husband, like looking back, I want to slap her like, girl, (laughs) I mean, please, (laughs) like what? I know there's no red flags here. Zero red flags. You've got this amazing man that is treating you incredibly well. And you're wondering if you're supposed to be doing this. Like, (laughs) I don't know. It, 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 it reveals to me when I start getting that way, that I'm not ultimately trusting God. I'm trusting in Mm. my own reasoning. I'm trusting my own ability to make the right choices. And yes, we make choices. Yes, we have free will. And yes, we mess it up all the time. And yes, we get it right sometimes too. So, (laughs) but the point there is, is that we can get so in a tizzy and wrapped up in that ball of, am I in God's will? And then we're ignoring the clear, Mm. and that's in the gray areas, whether or not I'm supposed to marry Chris or was not in the Bible. It didn't tell me yes or no, (laughs) whether or not, um, you know, we were, we were to, to have, uh, three children or four. It was not in the Bible. That was something right. that we had to kind of talk about. I mean, it was a big, I remember that being just consuming yeah. our, cause it felt mm-hmm. like such a big decision. Do we, do we end this season of having kids or do we keep going? Do we just let yeah. God do it? I mean, that's a big deal, a big it deal, is. but it's gray. It's a gray area. The Bible doesn't tell us, you know, specific things. It's a gray area, uh, whether how we educate our kids, yeah. it's a gray area. What kind of food we eat? I mean, it's, yeah. it really is a gray area. And so all that to say, we get so caught up in these, I have, you know, am I going to breastfeed or am I going to bottle feed? Am I going to clot diaper Ooh, or am I going to yeah. the paper? And there yeah. are implications and we ought to pay attention to those implications seriously. But when we're so in a tizzy with that, and then we're neglecting the fellowship of believers or we're not opening and enjoying God's word or we're have blatant areas of sin in our lives. Yes, those things matter. You know, those choices that we matter. Yeah. But we need to be just as concerned on whether or not I'm in a cloth diaper or or uh, or not as I am on. I need to put the same energy that I put into making that decision as I am towards obedience in the very clear black and white things in scripture. 
Yeah. Well, I think that's good because where the black and white things are, those are the things that give us the ability to reason and work mm-hmm. out what we do in the smaller things in life, right? Yeah. So like following the big overarching concepts, the way that you said it, focusing on God's clear and universal calling, um, I, I loved that because I, I think that's where we get kind of off track. Mm-hmm. We we just get caught up in the minutiae and the details and um, instead of the clear, because we all know what to do to obey God. It's, mm-hmm. it's laid out very clear for us. Yeah. So I love that. I'm so glad you talked about that. Um, as we close here, I want to talk about this. You said the end goal of our, our salvation and knowing God is not our rescue. Mm. It's not our salvation. And it's not becoming a happy soul, mm-hmm. which is great. I mean, this book is all about becoming a happy soul. But you're like, you know what? This is not the end goal. Mm-hmm. The end goal is God's glory. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about that just a little bit and and maybe even give us some practical ways, Katie, that we see God's glory in our own lives as mm-hmm. we're just going about our daily lives. Yeah. Well, if there's anything clear in scripture, it's clear. This is clear. And yeah, unfortunately, we don't always see it because we tend to hear and even approach God's word in a um, a topical and topical study is not bad at all. I think it can be incredible to study the Bible in a topical way. Um, in fact, go do a topical study on God's glory in the Bible, right? <laughs> but we tend to go, okay, I'm gonna focus on David and David's story, and I want to be like David. And okay, now we're gonna go over here and let's listen to Paul, and I'm gonna make a list of all the to, to dos and 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 to don'ts that he gives. You know, things to do and don't. Um, and we we focus, we we pick and choose, and and we we focus on the things that feel like this felt need. Well, it's not usually a felt need in our life to glorify God. So we skip over a lot of it, mm. we skip over a lot yeah. of it, but it's really ultimately what we are built for. It's why we're created. Go yeah. back to Genesis and read the creation story with fresh eyes, not with what is day one saying? What is day two? And what happened on day three? Look for the reason why he created the world. Look for the reason why he does everything he does in scripture. So that, so Mm -hmm. that you would be, that we will be glorified. Like he talks about that in the Genesis. Anyway, it's just go, go look for those. So that's go look for the reason why so much is where it is and why it was in the Bible. It's for his glory. Even the do's and the don'ts that Paul talks about almost always there's a, so that, God may be glorified, you know, so that Jesus yeah. said that in the, in the Sermon on the Mount, so that they would see your good deeds and give glory to your father in heaven. I mean, there is right. always a reason we skip right over it. And so, so ask me, remind me again, the question you want me to bring it. Practice. Yeah. Well, when we're, when we're laying our head on our pillow at night and we're thinking back over our day and we want to ask ourselves the question, did I bring glory to God today? Mm-hmm. What are some ways that we can know that we did that? Like, just give us pra- practical examples of how what that looks like in our lives. Mm-hmm. Well, I definitely feel like I'm always figuring this out. I I tend yeah. to get wrapped up in my plans and my, you know, I got I got to get these things done. And sometimes they start out with good intentions of, mm-hmm. you know, I want to glorify God through X, Y, or Z. But as I'm in the process of glorifying God with X, Y, and Z. 
a child comes in and is bothering me. I'm like, <laughs> you know, like that's not glorifying God, right? <laughs> so I've started out right. God's work and then I, ne- I neglect or I lash mm-hmm. out when somebody gets in my way because mm. I have been built as a, I'm just naturally without Jesus tasks over people every time. And yeah. so I think this looks different for me, for each of us, because we each yeah, have our own tendencies to ignore what God's word says. So for me, I have to continually look at that so much what he's called us to is to love one another. And if I'm yeah. being unloving, but yet doing God's work, yeah. it, it doesn't add up. And so I, I think what, when we lay our head on the pillow and we can ask ourselves, did I glorify God today? I think we've really got to look at again, what is, what is that black and white that God, that I know for sure that God wants me to do. He wants me to love mm-hmm. God. He wants me to love people. Um, yeah. He wants me to live a holy life that is, yeah. you know, like there are some, and I think I put some very specific, yeah. you know, conform uh, all these things. So yeah. am I conforming? Am I abiding? Uh, and, and this is not all comprehensive. Like I, I really did think through as many as I could. I am sure I, I missed some out, but if you want to write that down and think through, you know, am I, I forsaking the, the, the body of Christ? Am I um, not enjoying God's word? Am I, choosing other, am I choosing to, to satisfy, try to satisfy myself in something else besides God's presence. Um, so I I think looking at those things that we already know, and I remember the very first time I heard this vividly, I vividly remember this. Um, I might, I might've been 2021 or something. And I heard a speaker talk about, he said, you, what we, what we need, like so often we want to go out and figure out how I can become a better, how, how can I be a better Christian? How can I worship God better? And he's like, you need to start with the things that you already know you're supposed to be obeying and you're not, you know, just start there. You don't need to go out and try to find any truth from God Yeah, because it's not those new truths that are going to be like changing. It's going to be the truths that you already know right now that you're not obeying or not believing start there. And it was just like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I guess, I mean, in some ways that was a new truth, you know, but the Lord brought it to me. It wasn't a new truth. I already knew it, but it was the way he said it I know. just yeah. really opened my mind of, I got to start with, we all, we need to start with what we already know. And yeah. if our thought life is not where it should be, and we're thinking thoughts mm. about, you know, another man or something then, that we shouldn't. Well, let's start yeah. there. Let's start there. Let's yeah. confess that sin, right? God tells us com- Amen. confess that sin and um, or confess the, the weaknesses that we have to one another. Start there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's so many examples. Um, yeah. Way too many more. A, <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, yeah. I think of a quote, at which I won't get this right, but from Elizabeth Elliott that I read years ago. And she, she says that the, the giraffe brings God glory by being a giraffe and by being who he was created to be, you Mm -hmm. know, and, and living out exactly who the giraffe was created to be in full beauty and, and full of functioning exactly the way the giraffe was meant to God designed him to. Mm -hmm. And I think about that Mm -hmm. with us and our own lives and like, are we just being exactly what God has called us to be? Mm -hmm. And, and that is, I mean, I thought the call acronym was so good. Mm -hmm. Are we conforming? Are we abiding? Are we laboring? 
are we launching? Mm-hmm. And guys, we do these things every day. We wash dishes and we change diapers and we do all of these things that don't seem to be anything spiritual. Mm-hmm. But if you're a mom at home with your little kids, that's what you're made to do. And mm-hmm. so I think a lot of it comes from the heart and the attitude of, you know, I just want to honor God with the way I load this dishwasher right Mm -hmm. now. And I want to honor God with holding back in those moments when I really want to yell at my kids and Mm -hmm. gosh, we all have opportunity to do it right now. So yeah, I I think, you know, there's always opportunity for growth and we're all, you know, living it every Mm -hmm. day, but just in that kind of inward place mm-hmm. of the heart and knowing I want to bring God glory in the fact that this dishwasher is completely full on the top. I mean, mm-hmm. y'all, I can remember days when the top, the top shelf of my dishwasher was full of sippy cups and bottles. And that's mm-hmm. all that was in the top. Mm-hmm. And you just feel like, how is this <laughs> bringing God any glory or am I doing yeah. anything for the kingdom? And yeah, you know, all of those things. But I love that giraffe analogy or yeah that picture of of it because even as you're talking about the sippy cups and the staying at home there's there's many women that were called to work and and that's right send their kids to daycare and to i'm kind of in this in-between place where i am called to work i'm called to work from home so that gives me some some additional flexibility but there's so many times you know you're talking about dishes and I actually did the dishes a little bit last night and this morning because the child that is supposed to be doing the dishes is hanging out with his grandma this week. And so, <laughs> you know, I, I, that is something I've had to really, as we talk about callings, my big mm-hmm. C callings are these universal truths. My little C calling is to teach. My little C calling is to disciple my little, we're all called to disciple, but in this, you know, specific way. Yeah. And for a long time, I used to put motherhood as a big C calling. Yeah. But really, motherhood is not universal, right? Mm, not every right. woman is called to motherhood. So right. you cannot elevate motherhood to mm, a good. big C calling. Because mm-hmm. again, it doesn't, it is not universal. Yep, that's right. But we all are called to be fruitful and multiply. For some of the, mm-hmm. for some of us, that includes physical born children. For some of us, it doesn't. Yeah. We are to make disciples. That is being yeah. fruitful and multiplying. So that's right. Um, it, it's for some of us. Yes, it's going to be looking at my little C calling is staying at home with my kids right now and keeping those sippy cups filled, you know, and to love on them <laughs> and to to do the dishes and to. And, and I think so much of it also includes not just what are we, it, it, it all is calling. It, it Those little C callings of I'm called to be a stay-at-home mom, or I'm called to be a work out-of-the-home mm-hmm. mom, or I'm not called to be a mom at all. Um, but then also, as we think about our environments, we're all very different in what we need. And if we have family members, what they need. Um, yeah. So I don't keep the tidiest house. And... Um, I always have room to improve there, but what I have to keep going back to is that I can't do it all. And my husband and I have talked it to death and he's fine with the way things are. You know, I feel this pressure of, oh, so-and-so keeps their house a certain way. So I need to keep my house a certain way. (laughs) And that's not a big C calling. It is not a big C calling to keep my house clean. But I have lived under that pressure for, and I, it's really a societal thing. Yes, we are to be a keeper of the home. Yes, there are some biblical teachings of that. 
but it's not a 100% universal truth for everyone. Yeah. And right. keeping the home also, it looks different for all of us. It looks different for all of us. And yeah, so it does. Um, we have to balance the whatever keeping the home looks like. Sorry, you got me on a soapbox here. No, it's <laughs> um, good. I like it. I've Great. had to go through all these things so many times, yeah. so many yeah. times. And as God has called me more and more outside of the home, um, I still have to keep my big C calling of making disciples with the little disciples that God has given me. Yeah. Um, right. I need to fulfill the calling of loving my husband in, in respecting him, honoring him, all of that. Um, but there's a lot of gray. There's a lot of gray area of how that looks and how that looks for me is going to look different from you and, and vice versa. And so yeah. all, I love, I love the giraffe thing because it reminds me that I need to look at what God has built me to do and be and the kids yeah. that he's given me to disciple and the husband that he's given me to love. And that looks different for other women, other women who might be in the exact same position of three kids and a husband, even a, even a pastor husband, you know, you could look at all those yeah. things and it might all be the same on paper, but we're created different. And so we need to yeah. make sure we're not letting external pressure become this big C calling in our lives. And it, it just yeah. drives me to the ground when I do that. Yeah, totally. I totally get it. Well, thank you for reminding us too, just about the big, the God's clear and universal calling, the, the, the big picture. I think that's awesome. And I'm, I'm going to end on that note today because I think it's a, a great thought. And you guys take it with you. Think about it this week as you go. Am I following God's big universal calling? Or am I focused too much on these little minutia decisions? Mm -hmm. um, but we look forward to seeing you. Is next week our last week, Katie? It is. Secret mm -hmm. number six. Yeah, secret number six. So we look forward to it. And we will see you back here next week. All right. Bye. Bye.